Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to our visitor's edition of the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. The Wisconsin Badgers are 10-0 for the first time in school history. They have clinched a spot in the Big Ten championship game, and a spot in the playoffs is firmly in their control. Win out, and they should be in. These are heady times for the Badger faithful. Joining me in just a moment is Jason Galloway. He is the Badger beat writer from the Wisconsin State Journal and the host of the popular Redline podcast covering University of Wisconsin sports. Before we hear from Jason, my view from Section 17 to get us started. We played some memorable games in my lifetime up at Camp Randall Stadium. Many Michigan fans think Wisconsin football started their turnaround when Barry Alvarez became head coach. But Badger football was around before Barry, and they have a great football history. In September of 1981, then number one Michigan journeyed to Camp Randall to open the season and was upset 21-14 by another great Wisconsin coach, Dave McLean. Most Badger fans over 50 will tell you that the modern-day architect of Wisconsin football was Coach McLean. For the most part, Wisconsin football has been playing at a very high, maybe not elite level, but very high level since the 70s. Camp Randall Stadium didn't just become a hellhole to play in. It's always been that way. It is one tough place to play and win a football game. Fast forward to 2017. Coach Paul Christ and his Badgers have it all in front of them. Big Ten Championship, a spot in the playoffs, a season to remember. That's what we're walking into on Saturday. Wisconsin's date with destiny and Michigan's opportunity on the national scene to stake a claim that we are back. Maybe not all the way, but we're knocking on the door again. I respect the Wisconsin football program and how they conduct their business. In so many ways, they are like us. They do it by the book, and they play the game with a very old-school mentality that screams, here we come, stop it. Sound familiar? That's the philosophy of our head man, Jim Harbaugh. So Saturday, there is a lot on the line for both teams. For our part, a win in Madison will require our best effort of the season, playing four quarters of football, the likes of which we haven't seen so far this season. Is that possible? Yes, it is. That's why we love college football. Wisconsin's great moment or Michigan's continued rise back to relevance? When the sun goes down Saturday evening, we will at least have answers to these questions. Is Wisconsin worthy of playoff consideration 
and is Michigan really on the way back? It's November, and those are fair questions. Badger beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal is up next on this week's Visitor's Edition of The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Joining us on our visitors segment today is Jason Galloway, who covers the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal and also hosts the Red Zone podcast. Jason, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Before we talk about the big game in Madison on Saturday, let's talk about the Badgers season to date, starting with that thrashing of Iowa on Saturday. What a defensive effort, Jason. You hold Iowa to 66 yards total offense, complete dominance. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, I think that was... You know, I, I think leading up to that game, you know, I, I think people looked at Wisconsin's schedule and said, well, they haven't, they haven't played anybody yet. They haven't played um, any ranked teams. And, and, you know, I think people were still doubting exactly how good this team was. And, you know, while, while Iowa's not, you know, some, you know, some top ranked team, I think that, you know, coming off that big win against Ohio State that they had and the way um, their offense played in that game, I think it was really a statement for, for this team to go out there and, and dominate like they did. You know, I, I, I think, I think if you look at that game, you know, if, if it weren't for the turnovers Wisconsin had offensively, that score could have gotten really ugly. You know, the only reason Iowa had 14 points is because of two pick sixes uh, that Alex Horney broke through and um, Wisconsin also turned the ball over two other times. So, you know, it, it was, it was, it was the second fewest yards Wisconsin's um, ever allowed in the modern era. And, um, and it was just, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely one of the best performances in school history defensively. And I think, um, I think this this week against Michigan is going to be a little bit different of a test for the offense. And um, and I think I think they're going to have to play a little better than they did against Iowa to uh, to come out with a win this week, though. Well, Saturday's defensive performance was eye popping. But when you look at the numbers through the first ten games. This defense giving up about 81 yards per game uh, on the ground. No one has really moved the ball at all on the ground against this team, and they are number one in so many categories. Uh, this is just a very, very good Badger defense. It is, and I think you know this has kind of been building the last few years. I think I think they've really been one of the you know one of the best or one of the better defensive uh, you know teams in the country the last few years under really under three to three different defensive coordinators, and um, this year I think they've, they've maybe even taking another step up. Uh, you know, I think they're number one, um, like you said, a lot of categories, not rushing defense, total defense. Um, and uh, I mean, they're, they're really taking it to a new level, you know, and, you know, again, you look at their schedule and they haven't played, you know, too many explosive offenses. So when, when they get, you know, especially when they get to maybe the Vietnam title game, when they, when they play a team like Ohio state, that'll be, that'll be, you know, the, I guess the final test for them. But to this point, they've definitely played, you know, as well as anybody in the country. And, um, I think they they deserve um, they deserve that uh, that title. I guess I think of of being one of the best, and um, I, I think I think they're going to be able to keep Wisconsin in, in a game against anybody, whether it's um, 
you know, whether it's, uh, you know, Saturday, whether it's in the Big Ten title game, or whether it's in the, in the playoffs, playoffs if they make it. I think the defense is good enough where even if the offense play, does play poorly, the, the defense will keep them in the game. Well, Jason, talk about some of the key players on that defense we'll see Saturday and, and what makes them so good. I think up front, you know, their defensive line is, is full of, uh, full of experienced uh experienced seniors and Alec James at defensive end is really um he, he's really taken a step forward you know I, I think the defensive line as a whole I, the motto's kind of been to to get more production out of them this year you know I think I think they were really good the last couple of years of, of kind of doing their job taking up a lot of blockers and letting the linebackers you know kind of get the glory but but I think this year especially a guy like Alec James is is really making more plays um on his own and, and getting in the backfield and I think he he's a really been disruptive and, and got into the quarterback and uh, and made a lot of plays and you know linebacker T.J. Edwards has, has been a star for this team the last few years at, at inside linebacker yeah, they, they've had a couple a couple injuries at, at that position you know Jack Sitchie tore his ACL before the season started and now Chris Orr is going to miss his second straight game this week and so they're left with Edwards and, and Ryan Connolly there and both those guys are playing really well and I think they're lucky to have the kind of depth at that position and you know, they lost a couple of key starters in the secondary this year, but but Nick Nelson, a cornerback, a transfer from Hawaii, has um, has played magnificently. He's play, he's played like one of the best corners in the country in his, his first year playing for Wisconsin, and and then Charles Jamerson, a safety, um, has a ton of speed and and uh, and doesn't miss tackles uh, at that position, and, and he can cover a lot of ground back there. And uh, I think those two, the addition of those two to to the starting secondary has has uh, allowed them to be to be really dominant this season. Well, moving over to the other side of the ball, you can't talk about that Wisconsin offense and not mention freshman running back Jonathan Taylor. I think we all knew he came in highly rated, but no one in their right mind could have foreseen the kind of season he's having, Jason. No, we definitely didn't. I mean, I, you know, us in the media got to see the, uh, you know, see the first couple weeks of fall camp. And, and during that time, he looked like he was clearly the, the number five running back on the team. Um, I, you know, I think even the coaching staff didn't, I think even the coaching staff at that point thought that there would be a good chance that they would redshirt him this year. Um, but, you know, legend has it there was a, you know, a scrimmage about midway through fall camp, a close scrimmage that we were not at, uh, where he went against the first-team defense and, and broke a ton of tackles and, and made a, a couple you know, amazing plays and kind of opened the eyes of everybody on the coaching staff and on the team that, that uh, kind of about how good this guy really is. And I think from that point on, they realized, you know, he would play a role for them this year and, you know, he didn't even start the first game of the season. Uh, you know, Bradrick Shaw did, and I think Taylor only got nine carries in that first game. And then, um, and then when Shaw was injured for the second game, he kind of got his chance to start and, and went off for for over 200 yards and three touchdowns. And and it's just been great ever since. And you know, I think you look at him, and it's it's easy to see why he's so good. He's you know, he's, he's a really patient runner. Um, you know, he's a mature runner already as a freshman. He he has uh, better balance than I've seen from 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 most college running backs. Um, you know, he's got top-end speed, too. Once, once he breaks free, it's, it's hard for people to catch him. Now, I know he's been dinged up for the last couple of weeks, but he sure he sure didn't look that, like he was hurt on Saturday against Iowa. So is that, that injury pretty well healed? I think it is. You know, he was questionable to play a couple weeks ago at Indiana, and he ended up giving, giving it a go and, and looked both good in that game, too. Um, you know, he had, I think he had over 150 yards in that game and, and uh, you know, looked like he was 100%. And, and then came out against Iowa, you know, like you said, and, and looked fine again. So it looks like looks like he's completely over that, and it's not bothering him at all. Well, Alex Hornibrook threw for two TDs on Saturday. He has 17 on the year, but he's also thrown, I think, 11 picks. And it cost Wisconsin with two pick sixes against Iowa. 
Talk about him and his play this year. It's been interesting. You know, I, 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 he is obviously, like you mentioned, he's making far too many mistakes. I mean, that's, that's been a, a big, you know, downfall for this offense so far as the turnovers they've had and the penalties they've had. And, yeah, the thing with Hornibrook is he'll he'll make a you know a couple um, you know head scratching throws. He'll make a couple really bad decisions throughout a game, but then he'll play he'll you know, he'll play pretty well throughout the rest of the game and, and somewhat make up for it um, you know with, with uh, by playing well the rest of the game. And um, he's been able to do that so far. And you know I, th- I think he's a pretty polarizing player among among fans. You know some fans um, are frustrated with the interceptions and, and want to you know see him bench for a true freshman, which. Um, I think it would probably be a bad idea at this point in the season, but uh, um, and you know I I think he's I think if you took away I think if he was able to you know cut down his interceptions you know say his interception total was was cut in half this season I think people would look at his his year and think uh, well he's actually having you know a, a pretty good year and is making progress from his freshman year uh, but but he's got to get rid of those mistakes you know against Iowa if the defense didn't play wiped out like they did I could have been. Uh, that could have been that could have really hurt them and, and put them in a position to lose the game. And I think if you you know once you're getting later in the season you know, against a defense like Michigan this week, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to if you have a couple of mistakes earlier in the game. It's going to it's going to be a lot more difficult against a defense like that to to make up for that and, and make up those points and, um, and and make sure that it doesn't hurt you in the long run. So I think that you know as as they go later in the season here and play these these better defenses, he's going to have to make sure he cleans it up and. And I think I think at some point in these next three weeks, if, if Wisconsin's going to win out and make the playoffs, they're going to need they're going to need Hornibrook to uh, to really step up and, and win them a game. Joining us on our visitors segment today is Jason Galloway, who covers the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal, also hosts the uh, the Red Zone podcast. Jason, of course, Saturday Michigan rolls in. ESPN Game Day will be there. Big day in Madison. Huge TV audience. To say the least, there is a lot on the line for this Wisconsin team. I guess that's an understatement. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the first time they've they've ever started ten and zero. I mean, obviously they're, they're three wins away from from um, from from going to the playoffs, almost certainly. Uh, with, with some of the results this weekend, I'm sure they're going to move up in the you know in the in the cost of the playoff rankings and, and be right there near the top four. And this is this is. I mean, if they get past this game, you have to imagine that. That they're not going to lose at Minnesota, and then there's just the one one more Big Ten title game left. So, um, this is kind of uncharted territory for Wisconsin, being being undefeated this late in the season uh, for the first time. And you know, I think before the season started, you know, people thought this team could, you know, with the schedule they had, that they could make a run at this and and uh, and possibly you know sneak their way into the playoffs. But um, now that it's here, just a few games away, it's uh, it's a little surreal for some Wisconsin fans, I think. And you know, uh, if they can, if they can get past this this Michigan team, they're they're in a really great spot. From a game planning perspective, I don't think it gets any easier for both defensive coordinators. Uh, these are two teams that just line up, they run at you. I know Nick Baumgartner, who's uh, Michigan's beat writer for the Detroit Free Press, said this game starts at noon. Could be over at one thirty. Uh, both defenses are going to uh, just to have to stop the run. They know it's coming. It's just going to be good old fashioned smash mouth Big Ten football, isn't it? It definitely is. You know, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's. I think the key is going to be for for these offenses is to, you know, to be able to to try to win on first and second down, uh, so you have you know manageable third down situations. Because like you said, the defenses know what's coming, and they you know they're they're both you know two of the best defenses in the country, and uh, who are both really good at stopping the run. And um, I, I think for I think especially you know some of the looking at some of the statistics, you know Michigan is is number one in the country for the second straight season, and. Uh, you know, an opponent third down conversion rate in Wisconsin offensively is 
is number one in the country and, and converting third downs uh, offensively. So I think that I think a lot a lot of the reason for that is you know you wouldn't think that about Wisconsin's offense, but it's because they they do win on first and second down a lot, and they are a lot of third and shorts. They get get into third and manageable, but you know facing a defense like Michigan's and of course Michigan facing a defense like Wisconsin's. Um, you know, if, if you can't run the ball on first and second down, and you're and you're in third and eight, third and nine, often that's gonna that's gonna be really difficult. To, um, you know, that that that's what the, both those defenses love is is to get you in in those you know third and nine situations, and and then they can uh, have so many options to, to to bring pressure on you, and um, and uh, and I think that's I think that's the, that's kind of the key is is which team is going to be able to to run the ball effectively on those early downs and and put themselves in better better position. BTN analysts, ESPN are saying this is Wisconsin's biggest test, this Michigan team. Uh, do you think that's really the case? I, I think it is. Um, you know, I think Iowa coming into the game looked like a, a really big test this past week. And, um, you know, I think they've had a couple other games where, you know, teams have, have played pretty well against them. But but I think when you look at this Michigan team, I, I think the big concern is just how, you know, how how well their defense is playing. You know, this offense has has definitely not played a defense of, of this caliber yet, and I think that's that's kind of the biggest concern with this, with this team is you know when they play a defense uh, like, like like Michigan's like they're going to see this week, you know how are they going to fare? Because again, like I said, they they've had trouble with turnovers this season, and it hasn't really mattered because they haven't faced you know the offenses capable of of making them pay, or or they haven't faced defenses that uh, are capable of of continuing to um, to hold them hold them down the entire game offensively and. I think if Wisconsin suffers a couple early turnovers in this game like they have in the past, you know, are they going to be able to overcome that and and continue and move the ball down the field and and make up for it with with scores later in the game against a defense that's good? I think that that kind of remains to be seen. You know, and if 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 they get behind early, it's it's going to be a lot more difficult to to come from behind uh, against a team like Michigan than than say Indiana when they were down ten to nothing or uh, Northwestern when they were down uh, in the first half of that game. So. Um, I think it's. I think it's definitely. I think it's definitely could be considered the biggest test, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Well, it's been a crazy college football season in a lot of ways. We just had a, a crazy weekend with uh, a lot of movement in the uh, in the polls. Still, a lot of big games left. We've got the conference uh, championship games. But do you see any way that if the Badgers run the table, they can be left out of the playoffs? I, I think after the results this weekend with Notre Dame losing and. With uh, Georgia losing, I think it's a very, it's it's very very unlikely. I I would really doubt that would happen at this point. You know, I I think there's a lot of talk about um, you know Auburn possibly controlling their own fate if they went out, and I just I just can't I can't see a two loss Auburn team jumping them. I know they still would have to beat Alabama and then beat Georgia again, uh, but if Wisconsin's undefeated and Auburn has two losses, and I know one of Auburn's losses would be to Clemson, who could be a playoff team as well, but you can't, you know, you can't forget, you know, the loss to LSU they had as well, who's who's only a borderline top twenty-five team, and you know, Wisconsin. If they went out, they're going to add a win over Michigan here, and then uh, possibly Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. And I think at that point, I would be really surprised if if, if they weren't ahead of Auburn. Now, the only scenario I can I can imagine where they wouldn't make it is is uh, if if Clemson and Oklahoma went out and Georgia wins, you know, wins a close game over an undefeated Alabama in the SEC title game. And under that scenario, maybe you know, maybe Georgia jumps in there as a one-loss team um, over Wisconsin. That's that's kind of the only scenario I can picture where um, where it might might get tricky for them. Uh, but outside of that, I like I said, I don't. I, it's it's hard for me to to imagine a two-loss Auburn team. 
getting it ahead of them. Coach Chris and Jim Harbaugh, they're friends, uh, really two peas in a pod from a, a coaching perspective. And he's really done a great job in just m- not only maintaining the excellence in Wisconsin football, but it almost uh, appears now that he's taking it to another level, isn't he? He really is. I mean, this is, I mean, I think a lot of, you know, people in the Big Ten know how consistent Wisconsin has been over these last years since, you know, since Barry Alvarez took over in the 90s. But but I think, you know, this is the first time they've won uh, 10 games for four straight years. Uh, you know, that's three of those have been crisp. You know, his first three years here, he's won, he's up to, I think, 31 wins in, in 37 games uh, as the head coach here. And, you know, he's just come in and, and, uh, and really, you know, just, just taking this program to, to kind of new heights. I mean, they, I think they're, you know, they're always contenders in the big 10, but I think especially with the new playoff system now, the last couple of years, he's been able to, to make them true playoff contenders. And, um, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, how they, if they can keep this going, you know, they, they are going to lose a lot of starters next year. So it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it going next year when, when they have to replace a lot of, especially starters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but he, he's done a fantastic job and he's, He's kind of rebuilt his offensive line. Uh, it was kind of starting to dip under Gary Anderson when, when he was here for a couple of years, and and they're back up to the standard that, that they you know typically have for their offensive lines here. And again, they're like I said, their defense is, is one of the best in the country, and uh, you know I, I definitely think they're they're here to stay as far as being a uh, you know ten win type team uh, for for years to come. You've watched this Badgers team all year. I'm sure you've seen of some of Michigan either on TV or on tape. Do you see this as a, a low-scoring affair on Saturday? And do you really think a, a young Michigan team can come into Camp Randall in that atmosphere with so much on the line and have a chance to beat the Badgers? I think they definitely have a chance. I, I think it will be a low-scoring game. Um, I, I think Michigan. I think what Michigan has to do is, um, I, I think they're, if they win the game, it's going to be you know with their defense clearly. I mean, I, th- I think offensively, you know, Brandon Peters is it's play, played well the last three games. And I, I don't think they've. You know, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like they've they've you know, asked him to carry the offense or anything like that. They they are relying on the running game, but he seems to be managing the game well. And it is going to be hard for Michigan to score too many points on this Wisconsin defense. But I think if if Michigan's defense is is uh, is on their A game and they force some turnovers from this Wisconsin offense and put themselves and put their offense in in good position in good situations, uh, that they they could definitely give them give themselves a chance to win the game and. Like I said earlier, I don't think this is a Wisconsin offense that, um, you know, obviously they have a, you know, they have a game changer at running back in Jonathan Taylor, but if you're, um, there hasn't been a defense yet that's been able to contain him. And if, if Michigan can find a way to, to hold him down and, and make Alex Hornier beat them and, and maybe force a couple turnovers, I think they could make this a, a really low scoring close game that they, that they, that, you know, they would have a chance to pull out in the end. Our guest on our visitor segment this week has been Jason Galloway, who covers the Badgers for the Wisconsin State Journal and also hosts the Red Zone podcast. Jason, thanks so much for your time, and we look forward to uh, another visit next year, possibly. Anytime. Thank you. Quick Hits is next as we wrap up this week's Visitor's Edition here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze in Brew.
On Quick Hits today, not much new to report on the injury front. Karan Higdon and Ty Isaac have been practicing all week and should play. Michael Onwayno is back and ready to go. But Lavert Hill is still going through concussion protocol. We're dinged up, but so is Wisconsin. They're going to be missing some very key players this week. Here are some game day notes for this Saturday's game. We lead the series with 50 wins, 14 losses, and there has been one tie. The first meeting was on October 15, 1892, a 10-6 Michigan win. Last year in Ann Arbor, we prevailed 14-7 on October 1st. Paul Christ is in his third year as head coach with a 31-6 record at Wisconsin. His overall record as a head coach is 40-25. Last year, the Badgers were 11-3 overall, 7-2 in the Big Ten. They beat Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl 24-16. This is a veteran team returning eight starters on offense and seven on defense. Thanks to Badger beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal for being my guest today. Our free show app is now available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also listen on iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate or comment on the program. Thank you in advance. Saturday's game kicks off just after 12 noon. The weatherman says we'll see a mix of snow, sleet, and rain with a high right around 40 degrees. A great reminder of why we run the football in November in the Big Ten. Regardless of what happens in Madison, on Sunday morning our attention turns to Ohio State, Ann Arbor, Michigan, baby, as Bo would say. This is where we are still a key player in who goes to the playoffs. If Wisconsin beats us on Saturday, they are one step closer. If we beat Ohio State, it eliminates the Buckeyes as a three-loss team. There are plenty of other scenarios, though, too. The gist being, as always, this game matters. So next week, we get primed. On Tuesday's game day show, my guest will be the angel of the big house, Michigan beat writer Angelique Shingelis from the Detroit News. Then on Thursday's Visitor's Edition, for the eighth year in a row, we'll be joined by Buckeye beat writer Tim May from the Columbus Dispatch. That will do it for this week's Visitor's Edition. I have a feeling we are going to see an old-fashioned Big Ten snot knocker on Saturday. Rain, snow, a Big Ten championship on the line, and yes, a spot in the playoffs. Does it get any better than that? Well, yes, it does, but we'll talk about that next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, and until next time, take care, and as always... Go Blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at Yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go blue.